0: Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Good morning, everybody. I thought we were going to have a guest preacher up here for a second. (laughs) So uh, this is week three, part three, really, of our uh, four-part preaching series uh, this Advent that we're doing on the Eucharist, being Eucharistic people. Two weeks ago, if you were here, you might remember that Father Bill preached about the sacrificial nature of the Eucharist and then how sacrifice is really the mark of all genuine love. And then last weekend, Father Anthony talked about the healing power of the Eucharistic meal, right, and how some of that healing can happen even really in any meal that's shared in love. So this morning, what I want to talk about is communion itself, and specifically the connection between our receiving communion – and our mission to be agents of communion and i'm going to start with a story so years ago when i was working downtown i started going to mass at the downtown chapel now father dick burke had just been assigned there as pastor and was beginning to revive what was pretty much a dead parish at the time so i would go and after some time i started noticing this woman that would show up regularly She looked homeless, which was not surprising. Many of the uh, people down there were homeless, so she would push around this big shopping cart with all her belongings piled high. She had this big hood that came up over her head. She was obviously not in the best of health. She didn't really talk to anybody, and nobody really talked to her. Well, one day after Mass, this woman, whose name was Mary, approached Father Berg, and she said, you know, I used to play the organ. I notice you don't have any music during Mass. And so Father Berg looked at her and he said, well, Mary, would, would you like to play, play for us? And Mary said, well, maybe, but I'd need to be able to practice. And so Father Berg, he said, well, you can come in if you like during the day. And so she did that. She would come in during the day and she would practice. And eventually she did indeed start playing the organ for us at our weekend masses. Well, friends, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. It became better. Eventually, kind of, (laughs) Uh, but suffice it to say, Mary was not going to be auditioning anywhere anytime soon. Still, it kind of fit. I mean, there was nothing polished about our masses down there, so Mary's efforts were taken in stride, and people began to thank her for playing for us, and then they started talking to her, and then they started saying hello to her and goodbye to her. And friends, that began this really remarkable Astonishing transition for Mary. It wasn't like she ever became uh, an accomplished organist But what she did become was a real powerhouse in the revival of the parish So she was inevitably she was the first one to notice newcomers Especially those who didn't seem like they quite fit in she would share her meager possessions with anybody who was in need eventually she started a food closet It was known as Mary's Pantry. It was in this old, unused closet up on the second floor. And she was there every weekend at mass, there at her piano. Everybody knew her. She knew everybody. And while she could be a real battle ax, underneath it, she didn't want us to know this, but underneath it, there was a warm and a kind and a delightful heart. It just needed the right soil in which to blossom. And so Mary really became for me and remains for me to this day a sign of what can happen when people are welcomed into into communion. Communion with the body of Christ, but also communion with the body of Christ. St. Augustine once said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, we receive communion in order to be communion. We receive communion in order to be communion. You know, oftentimes we think of communion, and we think about it just in terms of us and Jesus. And it's true, when we receive the Eucharist, the Lord comes to us in this incredibly intimate and personal way. But when we encounter the Lord this way, we're also becoming places where Jesus, at least potentially, can be encountered by others. Think about it. At communion time, the Lord comes into our hearts. And so whenever we receive others into our hearts, There's the Lord, present there, waiting to encounter them as well. Right? So our communion is a means by which Jesus can enter into communion with others who may not know him or who may have walked away from him. It's almost as if Jesus uses us, uses our love to slip in covertly, unnoticed, past the defenses of those whose hearts might be closed against him for whatever reason. I think that's really encouraging, maybe especially so for those of us that have loved ones that have stopped practicing or those of us who might have, I don't know, a child or a spouse or a friend whose path in life we're worried about, those of us maybe heartbroken by the pain and the loneliness and the violence in the lives of those we meet each day. Friends the Lord asks us to be communion for those outside of communion, to be the body of Christ. For those outside the body of Christ, to be the love by which others come to know and accept the love of Jesus, even if they don't know it's the love of Jesus. Bishop Barron noted in one of his recent reflections that the Eucharist is the ultimate healer. The Eucharist is the ultimate healer. Therapy, self-understanding, loving friends, and disciplined self-effort, he said, are all good and important, but in the end, they can only take us so far and not into full healing. Full healing comes from touching and being touched by the sacred. Because of what we receive at this table, because of who we receive, our love can be not just our love, but an encounter with the sacred itself. So in the Eucharist, we have a unique uniquely powerful gift for healing. Maybe that can be for us a litmus test. As we come forward each week and receive, are we finding ourselves not just consoled by communion, but also charged to seek communion with others? Are we becoming more aware of the hurts and the needs of others, or are we just stuck in our own, gazing in our own problems and worries? More deeply, Are we walking away from Mass each week pretty much unchanged, or are we becoming more joyful, peaceful, patient, kind, generous, gentle, self-controlled? Because communion ought to change us, friends, not to be better rule followers, not to be more pious, but to be more concerned, selfless, sacrificing. And if that's not happening, It's worth asking ourselves, are we allowing the Lord in the Eucharist to touch those broken places in our own hearts? Maybe you've heard it said that wounded people tend to wound. Wounded people tend to wound. The opposite is true as well. Connected people tend to connect. So this morning, as you approach this altar, I encourage you, be mindful of what you do, of who you're receiving dot org.